Welcome to A Little Fairy Dust, the podcast that motivates the magic of fairy tales. I'm your fairy godbrother, Jer, here to brighten your week with a little fairy dust. Careful the wish you make. Wishes are children. Children will listen into the woods. We are truly living in, everyone say it with me, unprecedented times. From economic disparity, political and racial divisions, and the global pandemic, it really feels like this period is one for the history books. Things are changing at such a rapid pace and in such major ways, we can clearly see a separation between the youthful spirit of progress and the classic sense of familiarity. Battle lines have quickly formed, pitting generation against generation. Boomer, Millennial, Gen X, and Gen Z, names that have been used in countless articles and posts to describe where and how these battle lines have been drawn. Who is to blame for our current situation? Who is tasked with fixing it? Where did it all go wrong? What does a little puppet boy have to do with it? Pinocchio is all about generational divide and generational trauma. Pinocchio, at least Disney's version, is about a woodworker named Geppetto. Geppetto, in addition to making exquisite clocks, apparently makes puppets, and his newest creation is a wooden puppet boy named Pinocchio. While falling asleep next to his adorable cat Figaro, Geppetto makes a wish on a star that Pinocchio becomes a real boy. After he's asleep, the blue fairy appears and brings Pinocchio to life. She does this because Geppetto has been such a good man. Upon breathing life into this puppet boy, The Blue Fairy tells Pinocchio that if he wants to be a real boy, he must be good and follow his conscience. She then appoints a cricket, Chimney Cricket, to tell Pinocchio what's right or wrong. Geppetto wakes up and realizes Pinocchio is alive and is instantly thrilled, his excitement causing him to dance around his house. At one point while Geppetto is dancing, Pinocchio becomes enamored with a candle, lights his finger on fire. Rather than explaining the danger to the wooden child, he plunges the puppet's finger into the fish tank home of his goldfish Cleo. The next day, Geppetto sends his brand new puppet son off to school, off into a cruel, selfish world with only his cricket to guide him. As usual, let's break down my reaction to this film. First, what I liked. (laughs) Jiminy Cricket. I don't remember many of the Disney classic films, if any, having a narrator, At least not a narrator as engaging as Jiminy. Having him start the movie is a fantastic framing device, giving us the audience an easy entryway into the story. He's not only charming and hilarious, he also has a complete story arc, starting as a bum and then turning into an award-winning conscience. His gentle guiding of Pinocchio, his soft voice especially, is very much like our own conscience. You know, that tiny voice inside our head telling us right from wrong. I love this character, not to mention he sings the most iconic Disney song, When You Wish Upon a Star. He's the highlight of the movie for me. It's becoming a pattern it seems, but I once again am struck by how touching the betrayal of family is in this film. Geppetto, Figaro, Cleo the Goldfish, Gemini, and Pinocchio form such a loving and warm family. There was such a strong and tender bond between them. As in Snow White, this is a depiction of a chosen family, as opposed to blood relatives. A chosen family being the people that you choose to love and create a community with. These depictions of a loving, chosen family touch my heart. I think in our modern times, we have really begun to live and promote that idea that love is where you find it. 
But to see this theme present in movies that are decades old still surprises me. And I'm truly looking forward to seeing how this theme reappears in the forthcoming and upcoming classic Disney movies that I'll be watching in the weeks to come. Once again, and not surprisingly, the animation is beautiful. From the stunning design of the blue fairy to the terrifying design of the monstrous whale, the craft is still so very present here. So, while there may have been some things I didn't enjoy about the story of the movie, the animation was, as always, amazing and engaging, truly capturing the magic of Disney. What I didn't like. The story. As mentioned before, I truly feel this story comes down to generational trauma. Pinocchio's entire existence is based on a wish that Geppetto makes. Geppetto is not content with the beautiful wooden puppet he has. He wants him to be a real boy. Pinocchio is then given life, but tasked with being good in order to fulfill his father's wish of him becoming a real boy. He doesn't even get a chance to develop his own wish. Just follow the rules to give your father what he wants. And then not only is he told to be good, his father gives him no instructions, sends him off into the world unprepared, and expects him to be okay. It could be because my generation has gone through this exact situation. Being told to be good in order to fulfill the wishes and dreams of the previous generation without preparation and or thought of what we wanted. This idea pops up again on Pleasure Island, where the unsuspecting young boys are turned into donkeys just for being quote-unquote bad. Where were their parents? Why was there such a punishment for playing pool and smoking? Things I guarantee the adults did and had no punishment for. These children deserve more than to be literal puppets, beholden to the wishes and dreams of their parents. Don't get me started on how Geppetto, content to live and die in the belly of the whale, mirrors the complacency of the older generation's ideas on climate change, racial issues, and economic disparity. I wanted Pinocchio to have more agency in his story. He seemed to just be pulled into situations. Honest John and Gideon appear, sing a song about the actor's life, and off Pinocchio goes down the wrong path. He barely gets a choice. He's just swept along. Pleasure Island is pretty much the same thing. He's trying to do the right thing and go home, but instead he's swept away. In a tale that's all about choosing the right thing, I think this character makes very few choices. He just gets carried away, and that doesn't make for a very satisfying tale about choosing right or wrong. Finally, I wish that there were more or even some consequences for the villain. We got such a satisfying consequence for the evil queen last week in Snow White. I was looking for the same kind of consequence for Honest John, Stromboli, or the Coachman. We didn't see any consequences for these characters, and that, while more like reality, was unsatisfying to me. How it made me feel. I was annoyed at the message throughout the film. I wanted so badly to have the same nostalgia I had with Snow White last week, but that didn't appear. I had such a fundamental aversion to the theme of this movie that it prevented nostalgia of any kind. In fact, while watching, I realized I did not remember much about seeing this movie. I mean, I must have seen it as a child, but I obviously did not connect with it then, and I do not connect with it now. So no, I do not think I'll be watching Pinocchio again. And maybe in a couple of decades, as an older adult, maybe a parent, my feelings for this will change, but only time will tell. 
And now it's time for a princess pointer. Tips on how to embrace the inner princess or the inner puppet in you. Be aware. Pinocchio's main problem was not being aware. His bad choices were simply him not seeing the red flags right in front of his face. A sly fox trying to distract you from going to school is a huge red flag that something's not right. A large angry man wielding a machete in front of you might be a red flag too. Despite having the personification of the universe and the blue fairy give him a talking cricket conscience, he still was unaware of the evil that the coachman was and how off Pleasure Island seemed. His fate came from floating through life instead of focusing on the signs his life was giving him. How often do we do that in our own life? We ignore the red flags in our face just so we can avoid having to confront that something might be wrong. For example, we know our car needs gas. The gas light is lit up like a Christmas tree, but we ignore it, thinking we can make it just a few more miles. We could have filled up as soon as the light came on, but we put our heads in the sand. Now, we're on the side of the road waiting for hours for AAA to come and save us. The same example applies to our jobs, significant others, friends, families, you name it. When we're not aware or willfully ignore the red flags we're given, we're asking for trouble to head our way. So learn from Pinocchio. Recognize the red flags in your life and confront them. How not to be an evil queen. How to avoid slipping off the cliff of wickedness. Mo money, mo problems. Honest John, Gideon, Stromboli, and the coachman were all in it for the money. Willing to trade the innocent for a few pieces of coin. Literally trading little boys for money. When watching this film, we have a visceral reaction to these characters. We know they're wrong and should be punished for their wickedness. Especially the coachman, who abducts boys, turns them into donkeys, and sends them to a salt mine to work. It's truly reprehensible. However, if we look at ourselves, we might see a little tiny coachman there. Money, clout, fame, or any other indicator of power and wealth is what we have been raised to strive for. Nothing's wrong with wanting those things. It's when we step on others to achieve them. Throwing a coworker under the bus to get a promotion, excluding someone from the basketball game because they don't have Jordans, or only talking to people with a certain amount of followers. It's exactly what the coachman did when selling the little boys into donkey slavery. It sounds crazy, but we really need to pay attention to what we're willing to sacrifice to get to the top. Keep an eye out for when we're making coachman moves. And that brings us to the fairy dust of the week. You don't have to try to be good. There is no try, there's just do. So listen to what the universe, God, the force, or your cricket conscience is telling you. That higher power, that little voice in your head, it tells you what is right or wrong. All you have to do is breathe, get still, and listen. You'll know what you're supposed to do and where you're supposed to go. We made it through Pinocchio. Next week, I think we're watching Fantasia, so hopefully that will be a fantastic week. As you go into this week, look for the magic and sprinkle a little fairy dust on your day.